Hi, you're listening to Kate and Catherine. And we're going to show you how to find your Prince Charming so that you can finally live happily ever after <laughs> forever and ever. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. We are definitely not going to do that. We are sick of that story and it's a lie. It is a lie. You're listening to The New Truth, a modern woman's guide to extraordinary love. We are going to show you how the fairy tale love story stops you from experiencing the love you truly desire. Listen to hear how to break free from sacrifice and struggle in relationship. And learn the new truth about love in a way that you've never heard it before. We're so happy you're here. Keep listening. Welcome back. Lovers, as Catherine says, <laughs> little lovers. <laughs> Welcome back to the New Truth Podcast, uh, episode 33, which is so exciting because this is my favorite number and it's my dear friend, Leah, who's joining us today's favorite number too. Um, so of course she magically landed on episode 33. <laughs> Um, we have a very, very special guest with us today. Um, I know I say that I'm in love with every woman who comes on and like, that I always love at first sight, but Leah and I, also we live in the same city, so that probably helps, but we met like two months ago? Yeah, not even, yeah, about that. Yeah, about two months ago and uh, probably spend the most time with her out of all my friends. <laughs> we talk every day, pretty much mm -hmm. on text, and we, um, yeah, we just have instantly clicked, and this woman brings so much light to my life. She is mm. magical and beautiful and easygoing and just joyful and light and reach. She really is an embodiment and brilliant and wise and funny and fun and all, like all the <laughs> words, but she, and a witch, of course, <laughs> um, but she she really embodies her message like she is has just I mean her story I can't wait for her to share her story with you her story is so wild and what she came from and where she is now in her life and she recently moved to Vancouver just during COVID so she's brand new to the city and she's got so many friends already and she's just a beautiful beautiful magical soul so I'm super super happy to share her Aww. with you and to have her and Catherine meet and yeah just so happy so grateful for the magnitude of sisters that I have in my life. Like, it's just so cool. We had a pool party at my place yesterday, which was the mm, best. So, fun. <laughs> so, so, fun. so fun. Okay. So I'm going to read her formal bio now, and then we'll get into the goods. And today's episode is all about how to truly love your life. So Leah is the founder of the Live Free Lifestyle uh, best-selling author, soul advisor, and mindset coach. She teaches purpose-seeking women how to create a life they love by aligning with their deepest truth. If you're feeling stuck or lost and want to live your best life, she's the one to show you how. She is so <laughs> magical, um, so powerful. And we had a chat yesterday about one of her clients who's like fully ignited her purpose. And I was like, did you get a testimonial? This sounds amazing. Um, yeah, she's just really Really, really magical to have in your corner. So I'm super excited to share her today. And Leah Brathwaite, sorry, I didn't say your last name. Um, but of course, we'll share her links and all of that uh, below the episode. So Leah, hi. Hi, my love. First Thanks. of all, I just have to say what an introduction and what a welcome. And I honestly can mirror back all of those beautiful words that you used to describe me. 
right back to you and to Catherine. I can already tell. Like you guys are both just brilliant, brilliant, gorgeous women. So I'm so excited to be chatting with you. We are too. I'm so grateful for this platform. So thank you for being with us today. Thanks for the invite. That's so cool. We just get, it's like we get to just invite all these powerful, magical women into our living room. And then, <laughs> and then all these women we invite on become role models to all the amazing women who are listening to the podcast and yeah, inspiration and um, permission to, to mm. follow our truth. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that's the, that's what happens when you do follow your truth. You just resonate and align with the people who are on the same frequency as you. So you bringing yep. this out there and spreading that anybody who's listening into it has a certain amount of that vibration within themselves as well. Yes. And we'll start to kind of, that's how we change. That's how we expand and that's how we grow and help others around us. We just all start to vibe on that same level. So it's so true. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. High <laughs> vibes attract high vibes. Low mm-hmm. vibes, low vibes also attract mm-hmm. low vibes. So let's start there okay. <laughs> with the low vibes. Um, <laughs> no, we usually ask the question like, "What was the most significant, or one of the one of the most significant um, turning points in your life mm-hmm. that that got you on this path that changed your life?" And you have such an epic story, so. Mm. Yeah, I have ideas of what I want you to share, but you <laughs> share whatever you feel called to share about like how you got to where you are today. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I talk about it a lot, actually, as an oh shit moment where I think we have a lot of them in our lives and it's the, it's the decisions we make in those micro moments that dictate the path that we end up taking. So mm. This oh shit moment was a particularly life-changing one because I followed a different path and I actually listened to the calling of my soul instead of continuing to suppress it and ignore it and repress it. So it was actually a very ordinary moment. Sometimes we think we need these major, like God speaks through a burning bush for us to start to change our lives. But it was really a moment where I was putting away my groceries in the kitchen, the dream kitchen that I had finally gotten. Mm. Um, And as I was putting things away and looking around at how perfectly arranged my house was, it was decorated. We had, my husband and I at the time had just finished building it. Um, I got everything I wanted. And all of a sudden there was like this clear, distinct voice within me that said, not for another second. And I was like, Mm. wait, what? (laughs) Pardon me. And I was like, okay, I think this is, this is what happens when you go crazy because it was really like I split in two and I had Mm. this internal voice that was like, something is not right here. And then the other part of me was like, wait, what do you mean? Everything's so lovely. I, you have like all of the decorations and the exact fridge and the manifestation of what you thought you wanted. And it was where I started to realize that there was a disconnect between who I truly was and what and how I was living my life. And that voice was my soul saying like, not for another second, can you keep pretending that everything is okay? Mm. And as women, I think we get so good at that, trying to make everybody else happy, taking care of everybody else's needs. That little voice that will call to us every once in a while, we're just like, oh, shush, shush, that's too inconvenient. That's going to put somebody else out or that's going to make me do something that somebody else might not agree with. And so we just keep pushing it down, pushing it down, pushing it down. And then we get to these points that end up being these oh shit moments where it's like, okay, 
are we going to keep pretending or are we going to actually start stepping into the life that we're meant to live? And so that was one of the first moments where I spoke the truth that was happening instead of just pretending that I was okay. When my husband came up um, out from the basement to see if I needed any help and I looked like I had just seen a ghost because I'm having this internal <laughs> battle going on. And he's like, uh, what's up? I actually said that I wasn't okay. And I was like, mm -hmm. I don't know what's wrong. Maybe it's something to do with my dad. I don't know, but something's not right. And I think I need to see a therapist. And just that micro moment, that choice of stepping into the fear instead of trying to avoid it or trying to, to pretend it wasn't happening, that was literally the shift that it took to change my life. Because it was out in the open. It wasn't just this thing that I was dealing with. He knew about it now. So there was two of us that could witness it. And from there, I was able to start taking small, very small steps to start moving forward. But that was the moment that changed mm. my whole life. Wow. It reminds me of, um, Victor we had this woman, Victoria Vivas Guang on um, a few weeks ago about sacred sexuality. And she has a mm -hmm. book called In a Matter of Seconds. Mm. In a matter of seconds or in a matter of minutes? In a matter of seconds. A matter of seconds. Mm. And it's about that, about how your life can change, how often we think like, oh, it's going to be so hard and it's impossible to change. But it's like mm. there, there comes that moment where you can't you lie to yourself anymore. It's like so no. we, it's so easy to ignore it, ignore it. And then one moment where it's just like no longer tolerable. Yeah. I love that actually. It's moment to moment that our life unfolds, but we think it's like, chunks at a time and it's like no it's these small steps that will change the trajectory of your life if you take them this is hysterical because i didn't know anything about your story and in meditation this morning i and i was preparing for our conversation mm -hmm. and literally what came through in my soul was the a courageous life is moment by moment decisions mm, yep and yeah, i but... so appreciate because <laughs> we just live in the quick fix culture mm. you know mm -hmm. we live in like either white light even white light spiritual experience is like oh, the gosh. new you know yeah. craze and chasing mm -hmm. that versus i love too that it wasn't i'm you know made this decision and then i just followed that decision and mm -hmm. then i'm sure as we go on together today it's gonna be and then this was the next decision in alignment with my truth and this mm -hmm. was the next decision in alignment mm -hmm. with my truth because every episode every conversation we've had about self-love about relationship it's continuous inventory Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that's what you're, where you, what has shaped your life. Like that's how you're living continuous inventory, totally. checking in, listening to the voice of your soul. So then what happens? Totally. You well, go and get a therapist. I go and get a therapist. <laughs> and like you're saying, it's essentially just following the breadcrumbs. And it's so easy to get overwhelmed because I, I had had moments before where I was like, Oh, this doesn't feel good. Like, why am I not happy? Why am I reaching these goals and feeling empty? Why do I feel like I'm not connecting with people? And when I started to like, even just question what might need to change, it felt overwhelming that everything needed to change. And so I did nothing about it. And there's this old African proverb, I think it's an African proverb. It's like, how do you eat an elephant? Like one bite at a time. But sometimes we see the elephant and we're like, oh, that's too big. There's no way I can eat it. I'm just going to leave the whole thing. So it's these small decisions in the moment that will lead you to the next decision that you can make. So first decision was, do I keep this to myself and pretend that I'm a happy housewife? Or do I say something's not right, even though I don't know what it is? 
And that's the other thing to remember too. You're not always going to have yeah. like a clear destination to the next moment until mm -hmm. you take, until you make the decision in the moment that you're in. So first thing was, okay, I need a therapist. So I go to a therapist and she's like, okay, why are you here? And I'm like, I don't know. My life is perfect. Everything's fine. Like back to pretending. <laughs> and she's like, cool. All right. And literally, I think it was like the first, one of the second questions was, okay, well, tell me about your family. And it was like that crack and everything mm. just blah. It was like ugly cry. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening with my life. I'm having a crisis of faith. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm not happy. Mm. I feel so empty and dead inside. And I don't feel like I have any reason because if you looked at my life on the outside, it seemed perfect. Like I had checked all of the boxes. I was like, okay, I did the job thing, got that set up. I got the husband. We bought our first house. Now we're into our second house. We have our rental property, our cars. We're going on these great vacations. I have people in my life and friends, but it was built on a belief system that wasn't aligned with my truth. It was aligned on what everybody else around me was doing and what I thought I needed to do to be, to fit in, to be successful. So the blueprint that I was following was somebody else's checklist and inside was this internal tension that was getting louder and louder by the second. It manifested in a nerve condition out of nowhere that ended up ending my career. But even that wasn't a big enough, oh shit moment for me mm -hmm. to start digging deeper. And then it started and then it turned into depression. And then it started to be depression and anxiety. And then it was just like micromanaging planning, like from the second to the penny to the, okay, we need to do this thing next. And then maybe I'll start to feel better. So my whole life was this moment to moment in the opposite direction as well. Um, and that's what I mean by it's the choice that you make in the moment that you're in. So the therapist started to just really let me know that it was valid and okay to even have my own set of desires or to even mm -hmm. want something different for my life. Um, and that permission was, or that realization of like, what do I want was like anxiety inducing because I had no way to answer it. I was like, I, I don't even know. I've never really been asked this question. I don't know what to do with this choice. Mm -hmm. And so it was a discovery process that um, has led me to this point, but it really did change my entire life and my entire belief structure and, and give me the tools to be able to lead other people through that transformation for themselves too. Oh my gosh. So we all have to just pause for a second and write down that outside things, the house, the husband, yeah. the ring, the wedding, mm -hmm. doesn't automatically make you happy. What? Mm. what? Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. The blueprint on what we're supposed to want. And I feel sad every time I hear any woman say, nobody ever put me in a position to ask, what do I actually want? Mm -hmm right? Everyone's life is thrusted with, well, here's what you should want. Here's mm -hmm. what's supposed to make you happy. And hopefully everyone comes to the moment like you have on, wait a minute, what is real and true for me? Let me check mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that is, this is the epitome of the new truth. That's the whole point. The whole point mm -hmm. of the new truth is to give women permission, per permission, <laughs> 
<laughs> to give women permission to follow their truth. And most mm-hmm. women are like most women that start following us and women that I work with mm-hmm. are like you where they have no idea because we didn't know that we we're just plugged into yeah. the script and that we're all just playing out the script and you know, everyone in our lives is reinforcing, follow the script, follow the script. Mm -hmm. Like we've got a bunch of like matrix salespeople, like, are you married yet? Have you met the one? Is he the one? Can I set you up with someone? What? You're single? Like there's this constant uh, pushing of the script that we're all Mm -hmm. supposed to be playing out. And how many billions of women are miserable inside of these gorgeous homes and they Mm -hmm. have these gorgeous wardrobes and these gorgeous cars Mm -hmm. and these gorgeous husbands, the gorgeous kids, gorgeous dog, whatever, picket fence and are miserable and totally lonely in the inside of it because we're taught that that's the thing and that's not ever going to be the thing. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I just love, I think almost every woman we've interviewed was married in their twenties. It's great. And then, and then had the rupture and then had the, wait, what, this isn't my life. And then started over again. So yeah, you just illustrated the old paradigm, like to a T so beautifully. Yeah. But it's so challenging when you don't even realize that there's an alternative. Like that was yeah. not in my yes. awareness. In yeah. the community that I was raised in, it was like, you do this and this yes. is what it means to be successful. Yes. And I, I often feel guilty saying that I was miserable and that I didn't want those things because there was a part of me that did. There was the part of me that was this driven, performance-based um, mm-hmm. people pleaser that was like, okay, this, I have the list. This is, this is what I'm going to do. And I wanted to be seen as successful. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to find belonging. I just didn't know that I needed to find it within myself. I thought Mm. it was tied to all of these external sources of validation. So that's almost like the double whammy. Like, especially the women that I work with are often very driven. They're like, give me something to do and I will get it done like perfectly. I will execute on it. And that's the challenge when you're driving with somebody else's directions instead of your own intuition or your internal GPS. I call it your soul. When you're following the outside world, you're taking directions that are leading you somewhere that is not actually where you're meant to be. But you're the one making those choices because you think that that's the only source of direction that there is. So when you learn to tune into yourself and to honor yourself, to listen to your soul, to connect with that true part of yourself that is constantly whispering you an alternate route, Mm -hmm. um, that's when things start to change. And that's when you start to align with who you really are and how your life is meant to unfold. And that's the only way in my experience that you can truly create a life that you love by following the deepest call of your soul, because each and every one of us is so unique, not even just in our cellular composition, but in our soul composition as well. And what lights us up, what our purpose, what our gifts are, how we're meant to expand and learn in the world. Mm-hmm. And you can only truly experience the magnitude of who you are if you know who you are, if you mm-hmm. do that excavation work that is necessary and often so friggin' uncomfortable that we don't want to do it yeah. because as you said, Kate, like how many billions of people are following the script that they've been handed Mm -hmm. to be the one person in your friend circle that is standing up against the grain feels isolating and uncomfortable. If you don't know that your truth and your path is going to look probably really different than anybody else's, because if it doesn't, it's probably not your path. Like if there's not moments where you're questioning, 
then you're not forging a new path for yourself. You're following in somebody else's footsteps. Oh, that so, feels quotable. If it's, if it's, <laughs> what did you just say? It's I probably know. not your path. <laughs> somebody gonna, write that down. Joseph, <laughs> Joseph Campbell, Joseph yes. Campbell says, if the path before you is clear, you're probably on somebody else's. Yeah. It's that oh. same so it's ex- exactly like, what you said. Yes. If you're able to look around and, and recognize a lot of things, then, chances are it's not something new that you're creating for yourself. It's like somebody Mm -hmm. else's footsteps that you're following. Mm -hmm. And I think to a certain degree that can be important. If you're lost in the woods somewhere, you need to find your way back to yourself, following somebody's steps or following somebody's path to get you reconnected to your own compass so that you can start to navigate with that. I think that's a different thing than following the script of like, okay, at 21, I will graduate college. At 23, I will be engaged. At 24, 25, we will have our first house and then we will get our dog and then we will start having babies. But that's the prescription Mm -hmm. that I thought everybody was handed and was the purpose of life. Fill out the checklist. It is. It's the prescription (laughs) that girls are given. You know, Mm -hmm. like I I was thinking, because I have all these conversations now with my friends who are having kids like little boys, I mean, now we're in the socialization, boys are not, they're not writing on a piece of paper, I dream of being married by, they're allowed to dream, like they're having big dreams, right, but the 10, 11, 12 year old girls are the ones who, I mean, I remember even telling my dad, Leah, what did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a little kid, were you like shouting from the rooftops about what you wanted to be, do you remember? Oh my gosh. No, I, when I was a little kid, and this is the, the important part too, about like remembering your childhood and who you were back then before you learned all this shit. I feel like yes. I learned it a little bit later. I was probably like seven or eight when my sister started to introduce me to thinking and like anxiety. <laughs> and um, I was just, I thought my job was to just love people and to be loved back. Like I thought it was as simple as that. And then I was like, Ooh, that's actually kind of hard. It's not as easy as I <laughs> imagine because people are complicated. Um, mm. I, I honestly just wanted to be able to do what I wanted when I wanted. I wanted to live this life that I'm living now. No. I didn't know it was a real thing because everybody said, no, you need a job and a career and like something or a husband or somebody to take care of you. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't have a specific thing that I wanted to do. I just wanted to live my life. I just wanted to be free. Mm. the Sagittarius in me I'm like no would you be open to sharing the the rule-based part of your upbringing yeah of course absolutely um there was a lot of different dynamics that were at play in my household there was like definitely not the safest emotional upbringing simply because my parents didn't have the emotional tools to be able to um offer a healthy communication or relational patterning. Um, but also I was raised um, as a Jehovah's Witness. So in a really mm-hmm. restrictive religious upbringing as well, that in my experience, and everybody has their own experience, but the way that myself and my family and many other families and people who I um, associate with now who have also left the religion, the way that um, you're taught or brought up is really like you don't actually have autonomy or sovereignty over your own life. You don't have the capacity to be able to make your own decisions in your highest and best interest because the only person thing that can is God. 
And so God will dictate who you can sleep with, when you can sleep with them, who you can love, mm-hmm. who you can hang out with, how you choose to live your life, the career decisions you make even. Um, so it was really the system that takes away your internal sense of autonomy or authority over your life and instead puts it on to this pedestal of this expectation that you need to live up to. And because the representation of God on the planet was in the form of a bunch of old white men giving these rules and saying, this is how things are supposed to go. It felt like there was no choice but to follow these rules. And especially in in a close, um, exclusive type community like that, if you don't follow the rules, you get cast out. And if you're cast out, nobody can speak to you. So there's a lot of fear that's also instituted. Like if you don't follow the rules, if you don't do it the way that we're doing it, first of all, you're doing it wrong. And God, while he loves everybody, will not love you equally. And he will (laughs) discard you. You won't be worthy. But you also won't be able to speak to your family. You won't have access to your friends because... Mm -hmm we need to protect the exclusivity of this community because we're the only ones that are doing it right, essentially. And these are my words. This is not how they, they speak it, but you can make your own judgments if you do your own research into, <laughs> into that yeah. paradigm. And so my belief structure was based on love is hard to get, attention is hard to get, just from the dynamic that I had with my father. And then on top of that, anything that I feel is invalid if it contradicts this set of rules. So it's such a confusing way to be brought up. You don't really know like what your intuition sounds like. And when it does call to you to say, this isn't right, Mm -hmm. you're told that your intuition is actually wrong and that this is the way it needs to be done as well. So Mm -hmm. there was a lot of recreating of a belief structure that I needed to do for myself. Like it was major mindset shifting. that needed to happen because there is a very deep indoctrination and fear is a very powerful teacher. Mm. It will keep you in unlivable circumstances, even though you know that there's a part of you that knows that this is to your detriment. Like you're so paralyzed by the, Oh my God, what ifs or of loss of being outcast, all of the things that we fear, like not Mm -hmm. fitting in, not being loved, not having attention, not having community, being completely by yourself. And Mm -hmm. and essentially fucking up your life, you will take the thing that seems to be the most common. Everybody else is doing it. They're all still kicking. So I might as well do it too. Mm. So I wonder, I wonder how many of those people that are doing it are actually happy in it. You know, (laughs) it's so wild. Mm, I mean, everybody has their own relationship and their own way Mm -hmm. of, of determining things, but the way that, um, they teach from the platform and the family dynamic that I grew up in, it felt impossible for me to um, pursue anything that felt extremely meaningful and purposeful to myself mm. without being selfish and without going mm. against what my life was quote unquote supposed to be, mm. which was in service of this judgmental God. Yeah. You can't put God in a box. But yeah. I mean, every lots primal. Of lots of people do. Yeah. F- yeah. Fears. I mean, we're primal. We're animals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's primal to fear loss of connection, belonging. Yeah. You know. And so I, I so appreciate you sharing that because even with 
I didn't have, a, I wasn't raised in a Jehovah's Witness childhood, but I was certainly raised with the same levels of fears mm-hmm. and, and f- afraid of losing my parents' love mm-hmm. and connection, grew up with a punishing God, mm-hmm. and so tons of shame. And so mm-hmm. if we just like not obviously in, you know, holding your experience, but zooming out on how many people, that, that is the matrix, as we mm-hmm. say, mm-hmm. right? Like the matrix is if you don't live this way, you will not be liked and I always say for a woman to be able to follow her truth the first thing is she has to be willing to give up being liked by all Mm -hmm. because it's not I always say it's not giving up being liked it's giving up being liked by all Mm -hmm. because you have to teach yourself that the more coming into alignment that I live the more people like me I end up finding and experiencing a whole new set of belonging and connection absolutely you have to train yourself there and, and, and the reality yeah. it sorry, I just have one thing to say on that. The reality is they're not authentic connections when you're doing it, mm-hmm. when you're making choices out of fear, the mm-hmm. connections that you're holding onto aren't authentic because you're, you're, you're not being yourself. You're living this totally. pretend life. And so as soon as you are willing to follow that whisper within, and I love, I love every time you talk about your guides, your intuition, like it's like <laughs> so clear, like there's a voice and it's talking to me. It's so awesome. <laughs> But like when we're, when we were willing to take those risks and to, to follow that truth inside, no matter what, like just trusting that whatever's coming is going to be greater, like, and you start to operate from this true sense of yourself, everything's richer. Like Mm -hmm. the love you experience is way deeper. The connections you experience are way more profound and way more expansive and way more Mm -hmm. um, aligned. Like everything you experience is better. So the the fear is the illusion. I'll lose all these things, but Mm -hmm. it's actually like, that's actually causing you to not have those things. Mm -hmm. It's the, the fear is actually doing the opposite that we that our ego saboteur mind is telling us. Oh, totally. Because your fear is what's causing you to shut down the truest parts of yourself. Like if I follow my intuition, then I'm not going to fit in. So I'm going to silence that. If I say that I like this instead of that, then these people won't like me. So I'm going to shut that down. So we contort ourselves and abandon those parts of us, relegate them to these shadow aspects of ourself. And so of course you can't connect deeply because half of the true parts of yourself are buried in the basement and you're just on the surface level of like, okay, we both are experiencing the same weather or I like your shoes because whatever. So you only have access to the surface layer of yourself. And when you're Mm. connecting from that, you're always going to be feeling this deep void of all of the buried parts of yourself that are hidden that you had to abandon, hide away, like repress for the sake of fitting into this box and the same way that you put God in a box, you, when you do the same thing to yourself, it becomes so small. Your experiences mm-hmm. of life become small. Your life itself becomes this little mm-hmm. four cornered box instead of this expansive omnipresent omniscient beingness that we truly are. And back to Catherine's point, like it's, it's primal. It's our nervous system. That's, programmed to this. Yes, we have our souls that are programmed for our expansion, our evolution, our growth, and like having this beautiful experience here on earth, but we can't just live in love and light, even though we are these spirits having this physical experience, we sign up for a physical experience. Mm -hmm. So we've bought 
the body and the mind that is meant to keep us safe and contained within this physical experience so that we can have the contrast of the full of the fullness of our true selves. So our nervous system is programmed to avoid fear and to avoid pain at all costs. So it's only natural that we listen to it because we're like, I, and when I started to like make these changes and even speak my truth, like it does feel like you're going to die. Yes. (laughs) Like your mind is telling you, like, if you tell the truth, if you say, I love you to this person, or if you say no to this person, or if you say, this isn't for me or that actually is for me. It really feels like your ego will make you feel like you're going to die. Like everything is in peril. And that's why it's so, so, so important to come back to the understanding that when you own yourself and when you're aligned with yourself, nothing can be lost. The source of all things is within you. Like the love that you have in your heart is activated by others, but it's present within you always. And it's how do you activate it with your, within yourself? How do you tap into your own truth and realize the power that you have carrying around in this package that you are and recognize that your value and your worthiness is inherent and not dependent on these external sources. Yes. What are some of the first things you, cause I, everyone listening is at all different parts mm-hmm. of life, right? Some people mm-hmm. are beginning their journey. Some people are way deep into it, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm even feeling the things that I could learn from you, right? And so mm-hmm. what are the first, like, so these, this these beginning moments or what are maybe even daily practices for you on how do you cultivate being able to listen mm. to yourself? Like, is even true self is like so... Esoteric, I know. So like what what yeah, like let's we'll do that. The first question of like what are daily practices to listen mm-hmm. to your authentic self? There's two that I do every day without fail. And I hated both of them to begin with. And it took me a very, very, very long time to actually make it part of my practice. But now like I cannot live without them. Literally, I cannot live without them. And it's journaling and meditation. And the reason why I hated meditation was because the first book that I read was like, you need to sit for like 20 minutes on this stool and it needs to be like, clear your mind of all things. And I was like, there's no fucking way I can clear my mind of all things. Like there's absolutely no way. So what I learned through taking quite a few yoga teacher trainings and meditation trainings um, is that it's not about clearing your mind. It's about getting to know your mind. It's becoming friends with your mind. It's seeing the quality and the repetition of the types of thoughts that are coming in without buying into them. Mm -hmm. And it's recognizing that you're separate from them. So when you can sit and like find stillness and observe them moving by, you get to see the tricks that your ego is playing to keep you safe, essentially. And I think the other thing to recognize too is that your ego is not this thing to beat into submission or to like completely annihilate or get rid of. It's not bad and it's not trying to fuck you over. It's trying to keep you safe. And it's learned these patterns and these habits through the course of your upbringing, through the course of you learning how to be a person within a family, within a society, within a culture, within the world that others have taught you. So it's the thing that picks up all of this information and tries to piece together the safest way to get from point A to point B, which is like Mm -hmm. navigating through life. So the more that you can get into an understanding of what that mind, ego, um, 
has to say, the more you can allow the other part of yourself, which I call your soul, to let you know how in alignment that is. And that's, this is what I teach in my program. Like that's where you start to get into the nuances of emotion and using them as information, Mm -hmm. not as weapons or not as um, things to be feared, but really as the way your soul is communicating with you through your emotion, you're able to feel the energetic vibration of whether this is actually safe and good for your highest and best, or whether this is like an old pattern that you were playing and it's like a trauma response. So that's a little bit like down the road, but just being able to sit for a few moments to connect to yourself, whether it's like just observing your breath, whether it's trying to listen for spaces of silence or even if you have your eyes open and trying to look for something that you've never noticed about in the room before you, it quiets down your mind and it gives it an object to focus on so that it's not constantly ruminating over these stories. It's, yes. it's kind of like giving a two-year-old like a pacifier <laughs> so it can <laughs> calm down for a moment and let the adults talk. And that's the, the easiest way to start to feel there's more going on inside you than the thoughts that you have. So meditation is my number one and then journaling which I also was like this is stupid like I'm not like a 14 year old girl writing in my diary but now I am like a 14 year old girl writing in my diary every day I start just by how I'm feeling what's going on where my thoughts are at what my energy feels like what kind of came through as a download um because as Kate says my guides are very um clear and clear and the only reason they are is because I give them that space. And that's something mm. that I think anybody has the capacity to, um, to enhance for themselves, but it takes some practice. It takes some work and some dedication. So the journaling part really helped. And that's something that I started doing um, when I was going through my divorce, because I was just so overwhelmed all the time and I didn't have anybody to really talk to. So I would just write things down and I made a commitment to myself to write every day. And sometimes they were these like beautiful expressions of like hope. Sometimes they were like these deep expressions of pain. Sometimes it was just like, I would write the date and I'd be like, this fucking sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Journal entry, but I made the commitment to keep letting out what was happening in my life into this journal. And it became this practice that turned into a really spiritual experience. And sometimes I would have these really deep, profound revelations come through. So um, I encourage like just a writing practice, whether it's like you start by writing, I, every morning I write down the date and I write good morning and then whatever sort of like come through. And sometimes it's just today, my friend Nigel is visiting and this is what we're going to do. And then uh, like all of a sudden, as you start writing, it triggers different parts of your brain. Mm. Um, And it's, it's actually like very therapeutic. And then so many other things will start to come through. Um, So if you can give yourself like, I mean, to begin with, do like one minute of breathing. If you can just do that, just connect and see how present you can stay with what it feels like to fill your body up with breath as you inhale what it feels like for it to completely collapse as you exhale. Just noticing the ebb and flow of the way your body moves is a profound way to get grounded in the moment. Um, And then if you can write the date and like the first three things that pop into mind or even start with like a gratitude practice, like I'm thankful for coffee, I'm thankful for the sunshine, and I'm thankful I woke up in a nice warm bed. Something as simple as that can really start to shift 
your perspective on the day that you're going to have, but it really gets you connected to different parts of your life that you might not be able to access. And connected to yourself and connected to your mm. guides. And I, I love, mm. this is so beautiful because we often just say journaling, meditation, like that, 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 it comes up in so many conversations, but rarely do a, we talk about how much it sucks when you first start doing it oh and yeah. B, how to build the practice and, and what are simple ways to like really understand the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. I had a mentor that used to always say, you need the why to apply. Like people, if they're not mm-hmm. implementing what you're teaching them, it's because they don't know the psychology behind why mm-hmm. it works. Mm-hmm. So I love everything that you just shared. We could probably even go deeper into the why. Um, mm-hmm. But um, but as, as you were talking, I, you were the first meditation, as you were talking about meditation, I was thinking, we've talked about this book before, The Untethered Soul. That's the Mm. one that really helped me understand meditation because the whole book is about like becoming the observer of Mm -hmm. everything that's happening inside of you. And the observer is the meditator. That's just like in the moment here and now and like all these crazy things are happening externally Mm-hmm. and in your mind and the, all these different aspects of self. And so that book really, really changed my life um, in terms of me understanding meditation. It's not about meditation, but essentially mm-hmm. that's what meditation is. Mm-hmm. And then the second book that popped to mind when you were talking about journaling, it's funny that as you're describing them, I'm like, oh my gosh, the um, Conversations with God. That was mm-hmm. one of my first books I ever read. Did you ever read it? I haven't read it. No. It's phenomenal. So basically, yeah. um, the, I can't remember who wrote Conversations Neil with Donald God. Walsh. Oh, yes. that's Neil Donald Walsh. I yeah. Love so, him. So conversations with God, he basically was just journaling and he sat down and he was like, okay, Mm -hmm. asking all these questions like, okay, sex is so fucking amazing. Why is it bad? Because he grew up in a religious home where there were all those twisted views on everything. And then God would respond. So he would, every chapter, he asks a different question and then he gets an answer. And I remember when I first read that book, and of course, God's like, sex isn't bad. Sex is the only natural ecstasy on earth. Giver, as long as you're not hurting anyone or like hurting yourself, it is, mm-hmm. a, you know, a blessing and absolutely do it anytime. Like it's a gift. <laughs> um, you know, maybe not exactly in those words, but, um, uh, but I remember when I first read that book, I was so young. I think that was even pre my awakening. I think I was like 22. It was when I was living in Australia. And I remember I started writing and I started practicing, like, I want to know if God will respond. And it's so crazy how mm-hmm. you can ask a question like, why is this so hard? Why is my life sucking? Mm-hmm. So I would do it in a venting form where I'd be like, why is this happening? Why, 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 why? Blah, blah. And then all of a sudden this wiser part of me, whether it was my soul or it was my guides or divine or the aliens or whoever, it was like, I would just start writing. And then I would, I would read it back after. And it was like, I couldn't barely read my own writing. It was like, it was someone Mm -hmm. else's even writing. Oh yeah. And then, and then the, the wisdom that came through, and this is when I was like 22, not awake. Like it was Mm -hmm. crazy. The wisdom that is always available to us. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those would be two great books. I would recommend just to deepen everything that you just said, because it's like, that I mean, what a beautiful gift to be able to build a relationship with ourselves, mm-hmm. with our guides, with our ego, or I call it your saboteur, um, with with these different parts of ourselves in the written form. And I think often people get blocked by the label, like, oh, mm-hmm. journaling. Well, I'm not a writer. Like, I don't yeah, want to journal. Or like meditation versus just like sitting still and breathing or writing, getting out your pen and like dumping on the paper. It doesn't have to be pretty. It's not, if you're a perfectionist, nobody's going to be editing it. Nobody's going to be reading it. It literally is just a place to, Mm -hmm. to, to dump or vent or express. So 
Love all of that. Cool. Mm -hmm. You're an amazing teacher. How you articulate everything is just (laughs) great. I'm learning stuff too. I'm like, ooh, cool. Thanks, babe. Yeah, you're amazing. (laughs) But I think it's also really important to to remember that everything is a practice. And Mm -hmm. when you do kind of fall off the wagon, it's not a failure because you fell off the wagon. The real learning is in how you get back on it and how fast your rebound becomes. Because there were times when I was starting off and I was like, okay, I meditated for three days in a row and then it would be like 10 weeks. And then I was like, oh my God, well, I guess I'm not doing this anymore. But as soon as you recognize like the practice is in how many times you return back to practice again, how many times you come back to it. So whether or not you write every day for like 10 weeks and then you stop, you, you're not a failure because you stopped. You're successful and you're even more advanced when you come back to it because you recognize the value and you can honor that for yourself. Um, and then the other thing too, I think is in any kind of journey in any kind of personal development, I always say these two words together, compassionate curiosity. So as long as you can kindly be curious about what you're doing and why you're doing it, instead of being like, oh my God, why do I always like screw up? Or why can't I stay committed to this? Or why is this happening to me? If you change the tone a little bit and be like, I wonder what this is, then you're more likely to receive an answer. But even if you do have to get through the frustration of like, why, 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 stay with it until you can get to that place where you're a little more gentler with yourself and a little bit more compassionate. And then those deep insights will start to come through. And I love that you mentioned too, like the change in handwriting, like, and honestly, I I keep all of my journals. I have like tons and tons of them. Actually, they're in storage at my mom's. And I'm like, I hope she doesn't ever go into that. (laughs) I have the same. same. (laughs) She would be like, I think I need to talk to somebody about writing because it's all over the place. And I think it's so important that we all have like a safe place where we can like unload just Mm. the shit that goes on in our minds. Some of it will be really dark. Some of it will be really brilliant and just recognize Mm. that's the vast expanse of the human experience. Some days you're going to be like, I'm basically God in a body. And then other days you're like, sweet angel of mercy, take me out now because I can't even handle this. But knowing that those both sides of the spectrum are necessary to be able to, to reach a greater expansion. That's how we push against where we are to create these, this greater capacity for holding space for more life to move through us. I think that's where this compassionate curiosity and the recognition that this is a practice. Life is a practice. Nobody's ever done this before. We're all fumbling through it. So whatever we can do to kind of make sense of it or make it easier or gentler on ourselves, I think is so, so important. I love that those are your practices. Those two things have changed my life. And I started mm-hmm. meditating by counting to 60. Mm-hmm. Like that, that was as good as it got. I love that. <laughs> when I first yes. start, I first got sober, there were meetings I attended that meditation was part of the meeting and I would literally be shaking. Mm-hmm. Like I could not imagine sitting still for five minutes and the practice of all I had to do is I would count. I would just count. And that was meditation. And it took time. I mean, I I always say meditation is the discipline of the ego. Mm -hmm. Like that's why you meditate. You Mm -hmm. meditate to begin the access point to the capital S self. Mm -hmm. And we have to actually discipline the mind and everyone discipline can have such a negative 
uh, connotation to it. Mm -hmm. But honestly, the secret is discipline is the path to freedom, Mm -hmm. right? Because I don't wake up. I do not feel like meditating every day. (laughs) (laughs) There are plenty of days when I am not interested and I can think of a thousand other things I'd rather do but it's actually bringing myself to my mat, bringing myself to my altar, bringing myself to mm-hmm. the journaling that I get to remember that no matter how big the anxiety is, no matter how big the to-do list is, no matter how far away I feel from myself, that those are the things that bring me back. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, you know, here we are with how to truly love your life, mm-hmm. right? It's like the secret to realizing nothing outside of you is mm-hmm. going to give you what only you can give you. Totally. Right. Like nothing. And that's what we're doing when we're looking for the guy, we're looking for the more money. We're looking Mm -hmm. for the fancy house. We're actually looking for ourselves. Right. And that those are like the spiritual principles that have been around since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like you're super special because you are doing that prerogative. Like it's what is natural. But if we can realize that we're looking for something to give us that feeling, then Mm -hmm. we can get off the, you know, what it's, what did I read yesterday? It was like, the secret to winning the race was like to to leave the race to realize like you run your own fucking race like you make the The race race song that 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 Baz Luhrmann song I love it so much that that always wear sunscreen remember to wear sunscreen song oh I don't know that song it was like 1999 the class of 97 I was the class of 99 it was dedicated to the class of 97 I actually listened to it the other day it's so good um but one of the lines one of the lines he says is the race is long and in the end it's only with yourself sometimes you're ahead sometimes you're behind Mm -hmm. the race is long and in the end it's only with yourself Mm -hmm. it's like and that's the 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 ego saboteur world is like everything's about competition everything's about keeping up with the joneses well they have that so i should have this she has that body so i should have that body she has a husband so i should have a husband she has a house so i should have a house and it, it it is not a competition and the more you're competing with other people and make basing your choices on that the more the more miserable you will be the more mm. dis- disconnected from yourself and your soul you will be mm-hmm. and i was just thinking too about um when you were speaking Catherine, about meditation like meditation is also you know it can be so many different things it's like anything that clears your mind like when i'm dancing i'm meditating because i'm so in my body and not in my mind except when i'm trying to remember the moves that's different <laughs> Um, and when I'm, when I'm walking in nature, like walking in the forest, Mm -hmm. you know, really being present. And I actually, I had my guides gave me a download today when I was walking back from bar, I heard this voice that said, stop, like, don't bring your phone with you when you go places, because what I tend to do lately, because I've had a busier schedule, I've been checking text messages while I'm walking, listening to Voxers while I'm walking, um, having conversations with friends while I'm walking and not ever being present with myself when I'm walking. And it's just like, even just walking to the coffee shop or walking to my bar class, it's like, I'm not even present here and now when I'm doing that. So that's, that's something I'm going to add. Like, how can I bring meditation to my you know, 10, 15 minute walk to get my coffee and go to my bar class in the mornings. Mm-hmm. Cause it, I mean, we can meditate in so many different ways. It doesn't have to just mm, like look totally. like sitting still. You can even do it in your living room, moving and breathing and anything that takes you out of the experience of like connecting with your thoughts is the only thing that's like available to you. But 
I wanted to touch a little bit on what you said about the whole idea of competition and saying that Catherine said, like, how do you love your life? You love your life by loving yourself. You love yourself mm -hmm. by giving yourself what you need when you need it. Yes. The same way, like the best moms don't let you just eat chocolate chip cookies all the time because you want chocolate chip cookies or like have a vegetable and then have a treat. Um, there's certain parts of us that we need to reparent because our minds have been running around like two-year-olds with scissors that didn't have any structure <laughs> in place. And they're just like, this is what we need to do. This is, this is how it's supposed to be. And you have to recognize your mind is there to help you to bring your soul out into the world in an effective manner. It's like your mind is attached to the physical world. Your soul is attached to the spiritual world. Both of them together are how you manifest your best life. You use your soul to move you in the direction that lights you up. You use your mind to execute the plans that are going to get you there to get you to follow those steps. Um, but to the point of like what makes you happy in the comparison thing, the roll and scroll is how people think they need to get like the information to make them happy. So you roll over first thing in the morning, you start scrolling Instagram, you see all these happy people and you think I need the husband cause she's smiling. She's happy. That's what it means. But coming back to the idea that your own path will look different and the things that make you happy will look different than everybody else's as humans, again, trying to avoid pain, trying to do things as quickly as possible. We try to bypass the work in between yes. of figuring out what will really make us happy. Mm -hmm. And we're like, okay, Woman with husband, mm -hmm. happy face, equals yes. happy. Therefore, if I get that thing, then yes. I will be that as well. Yeah. And that's not the case. Maybe she's happy because she did the work to find an aligned partnership that supports her, that nourishes her, that expands her, that gives her all of those things versus mm -hmm. somebody who's like, I need a husband and I'm desperate. So I'm going to marry the first person that will like give me attention, even though I feel like kind of shitty in the marriage, at least I have the husband box checked. So it's the why underneath it. It's that curiosity as to what is the intention behind these things. It's not saying that being married and having a white picket fence is good or bad. It just depends. Is it for you? Yes. And that's the work that we all need to do with these practices of getting to know ourselves better, to get to understand the internal world that is making up ourselves so that we can align with the external things that are in alignment with our highest and best. So mm -hmm. maybe somebody will look at my Instagram and be like, Oh my God, that travel looks amazing. She's happy. Maybe I need to travel more and they can travel and still be miserable. And so it's coming back to like the way you love your life is by loving yourself. And how do you love anything? How do you, what do you do when you start dating a person? You become obsessed and you want to find out how do you want your eggs? How do you like your coffee? What things make you mad? What are your pet peeves? Like what turns you on? What do you actually hate? Like we forget that the relationship that we have with ourselves is the only one that will last forever. And we think yes. that we'll just like, put the burden on somebody else to know us or to tell us about ourselves. But the reality is the people that we interact with are the reflection of ourselves. They help us see our beauty and our strength. And they also help us see the areas where we could step into our power more. And I think that's what these two practices will help yeah. you do. They help you to navigate the internal landscape, weed out the beliefs that aren't serving you that have been downloaded as your, your prescription or whatever we were <laughs> calling it before that your blueprint, your checklist, and what is really part of your 
soul's DNA and your mission and your purpose and your mm -hmm. aliveness and your reason for being here. It's not for a checklist. It's to embody like the unique signature that only you can bring to the world. So mm -hmm. whatever that looks like for you, figuring out what that is and then aligning yourself with that. So following those breadcrumbs in the moment, when it feels good to leave your phone home, you leave your phone home. <laughs> when it feels good to do this thing, even if it feels scary, recognize that it doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong. It just means that it's new and you're expanding mm -hmm. into a greater version of yourself by leaning into those fearful, uncomfortable places and learning what's in the basement so that you can bring it to light and give it the, the space it needs to to flourish and surrounding yourself with the most high quality epic women to remind yes. you when you forget mm. because like i think okay so i'm going through um apartment hunting right now which by the way is exactly the same as dating like to a t <laughs> like so i've decided i'm ready for an upgrade my place is beautiful and i have an, the most unbelievable view which that piece is hard to let go of although I believe I can still have a view, but I'm ready to upgrade. And I have all these things that I'm very clear on that I'm ready to experience. And it's more of a feeling that is the upgrade. And um, so Leah has been on the journey with me. She's come to see um, one of the apartments that I wanted. She came to see it with me uh, last Friday. And of course it's like online dating. Like every time I look for a apartments on the different apps, I feel like, oh, there's so many shitty ones. I don't want to look anymore. And then, and then I find one I like, and then I get all excited and in fantasy. I, I even said the other day, I think it's the one. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> exactly the same. And then I was like, okay, nope, don't get attached. Expansion. There's many, plenty of fish in the sea. Um, and so, but yesterday I sent Kelsey and Leah a message after we hung out and I just said, so I'm noticing because Leah's friend Nigel used the bathroom in my place and he fell in love with my place and the view. And then I was like, oh, my place is so good. And then all night my mind started going, oh, this place is so good. You should stay here because like the view is amazing. And, you know, the space is so sweet. And the part of the reason I want to move is because my neighbors fight a lot and neighbors below me smoke, which should be completely illegal. I don't know how that's even possible. And so these little like annoying things are really impacting my energy. And so I reached out to them and just said, like, I'm, I'm feeling like maybe I like, why am I moving again? And then both Leah and Kelsey responded so beautifully. They were like, this is totally normal. Your mind is going to try, you know, it's like when you're ready to leave the relationship and all of a sudden he looks so amazing right before you're about to end it. Or we were even using examples of like, every time I go to get my hair cut or yes. colored, I start, I hate it. And then I start loving it the day I'm getting it done. Like, Oh wait, what am I doing? <laughs> And that is, of course, is the mind yeah. wanting to hold on to comfort and to hold on to what we know. And so I'm, it's so beautiful experiencing this, like that's part of creating a life that you love is, is being willing to like follow that inner knowing and just trust and like take the step before you, the bridge is even there. Mm -hmm. And that's when we get to experience the beauty and magic that's always available that we don't see. Um, but we can't mm -hmm. like, it's like when you were saying the mind and the, and the soul are working in synergy, it's like the mind can't, in my opinion, can't be driving the car, it can be in the backseat mm -hmm. giving directions, but it can't be driving the car. Mm -hmm. And so that like, that's what my mind keeps doing. Like, 
like, oh, just stay. Oh, this is, you know, this place is so great, even though my soul knows I'm ready for something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like having the reflection from women in your life. That's why I love the New Truth Movement Facebook group. Because I mean, not that you guys haven't really been using it in this way, like to share, but like the purpose of that group is exactly for what I just did shared that I did with my friends. It's like you share, you know, what you're experiencing and where your mind is trying to hold you back from following your truth. And then the other women will support you to follow your truth and to remind you of what's possible. And I'm so freaking grateful. I mean, Catherine, you've done that for me 8 million times. And it's like, I'm so blessed the, the women that I'm surrounded with that, that just keep reminding me of what's possible in those moments I forget. Um, so that like, to me, that's everything. It's, it's such everything. a huge part of the equation. So, mm-hmm. Like when you're surrounded by people who are in fear, you're just going to get advice that's based on fear. Oh, don't break up with your boyfriend. There's like no good guys out there. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's Ugh. really dire straits out here. Like yeah. if you're following anyone who's giving you fear-based advice, maybe don't ask those friends for advice because mm. like you like expansive infinite possibility like i'm so grateful for the reflections that i get from my friends and the reminder of who i am mm-hmm. totally and i think it's important to remember like your mind like i love that you said that your mind can be along for the ride but like your mind is the car your soul yeah. is what has the directions like a car mm. can't go anywhere on its own like yes. your soul is what I needs to that. guide it otherwise it's just literally driving itself in circles mm-hmm. and coming back to that point too of like the apartment hunting or like leaving your relationship or cutting your hair whatever it is these oh shit moments that i was talking about it's like a, a portal opens yes and there's a threshold that you need to jump over and it it's a moment you have a few moments to make that decision Mm -hmm. and then the portal is going to close until it comes back around again. So you can say, I'm too scared to Mm -hmm. like leave my apartment because I may never find another view. And then you're going to have to wait another 30 days to give your notice or whatever. So it's going to come back around. And this is, I think, important for people to recognize too. Like it's never, uh, oh my God, I made a mistake and now the universe is going to punish me and I'll never have this chance again. It will keep coming back around until you're at the same level for the upgrade that you're actually wanting. But oftentimes you have to do the work to allow yourself to step into that place. And I think it's a roomy quote that says, um, as you begin walking, the path appears like you, Mm -hmm. if you're on a new path, like you have to keep taking those steps and being brave enough to step through the portal when it opens. So like stepping over that threshold and being like, okay, I'm going to take this risk and trust that I'll be able to figure it out. But it begins with being able to trust yourself. And how do you do that? You start by getting to know yourself and what is actually of the mind and what is actually Mm -hmm. of the soul of what your true desires are or what you've been told you need to have to be happy, what actually makes you happy. So it's this weeding out process that we all Mm -hmm. have to do to be able to start curating this beautiful life that we love And as we do that, these beautiful relationships that we love will start to manifest as well. And I just made a post about um, this yesterday because in the Live Free Lifestyle, the group chat that we had, this was what came up so clearly for all of these women. One of them posted like, "Um, anybody else feeling a little bit isolated in this personal development journey? Because as you start to shift your perspective and as you start to elevate your vibration and this elevate i don't mean in the sense of like i'm better you're worse it's just the same way that you have certain frequencies on radio stations classical music and rock music are on different frequencies 
one's not better than the other one. You might like one better than the other, but they're all equal. Mm -hmm. They're all in the same field. They just have different frequencies. But as you start to raise your frequency and what you align yourself with, things are going to change. So your relationships are going to start to change. So the ones that were really on that surface level that we talked about before, where you only had certain parts of yourself available, like the shoes and the weather and like the work and talking about other people. When you start clearing the basement and bringing those things up and you realize, oh, I actually care about these social issues or, oh, I actually am really interested in this or this is something that fuels my mind or this is how I feel about COVID or like the race wars yeah. or um, the LGBTQ community. As soon as you start getting more depth and richness in your beliefs, that's going to change the way you interact with other people. So the people who can only still talk about shoes and weather and other people aren't going to be able to rate to relate to those deeper things. And there's a little bit of a transition period that you might go through where you are aligning mm -hmm. yourself with the parts of yourself that are the most um, enriching. And it takes yeah. a little while until you find mm -hmm. your perfect tribe. So for the people who don't have that sisterhood, because for a number of years after getting divorced, leaving a church community that my whole world was wrapped up in, I was a lone ranger for a very long time. Mm. And I was like, I like these people and I can talk about these things with them, but there's this other part of me that's unfulfilled. And then there's these people who are a little bit advanced and have like these really deep parts that I'm still not quite at. So I was in this weird, like my shoes are not quite fitting right. And I'm <laughs> trotting along by myself. Mm -hmm. So there might be a time where it feels like you don't have the old friends that you can rely on for like fun times and not depth. And then you don't have the new friends that you can be like, let's talk about our guides and like, let's pull cards and, like, <laughs> that we have. And that's not a bad place to be. That's actually the perfect place to be in that center point where you are really honing your own vibration. You're coming yes. into alignment with yourself. And then like magic, you will see, like, you'll turn around and you'll be like, holy shit, look at these incredible women that are all around me. Like we talk about this all the time in like our group chat. We're just like, oh my God, we're so excited to like have found like these beautiful relationships that are nourishing on every level mm -hmm. because we've been able to find that nourishment on every level within ourselves. And yes. that's what alignment is. That's what aligning with your truth is. And it does sound like an esoteric thing that's hard to grasp. But if you think of it as just like pulling all of the pieces of yourself from all over the place that you may have abandoned or lost or overextended, bringing it all mm -hmm. back in to this concentrated powerhouse and recognizing that on your own, you are complete. On your own, you have everything that you're ever going to need. And then other people can help enhance that by bouncing that reflection off of you. Whether it's to show you like you've got a little dirt on your face, maybe let's clean that up in the form of like a more challenging relationship or whether it's one that's like, girl, you are looking fire today that is exalting what's already present in you. It's remembering that it's all in you and it's all perfect. Even the yes. parts that need a little bit of work, they're just there to show you that they need a little bit of work so you can mm -hmm. put more love into those spaces and fill yourself up to a more um, whole, even though you're already whole, to a more um, recognizable sense of wholeness. 
I'm so happy you just shared that because that is so important for anyone on a personal development path. And I feel like a lot of women have actually been asking me recently, like, hey, can you guys do an episode on what do you do when you're living the new truth, but everyone around you isn't, you know, and like just normalizing this journey of Mm -hmm. a continuous up level, continuous evolution. Mm -hmm. And what I've so appreciated about this conversation is how to truly love your life. It actually has nothing to do about being happy all the time. And that's what I've appreciated about this. And I feel like what I'd love to bring in about for me, how I've loved my life is by learning to accept all parts of life, Mm -hmm. right? I have stopped resisting life. I have stopped actually chasing being happy. Like that is no longer my goal. My goal is wholeness. Mm -hmm. My goal is being able to be resilient in my life. My goal is being able to accept transitions and difficulty and struggle as part of the freaking deal Mm -hmm. and disappointing people and changing friends and making new business decisions and forgiving the business decisions that I've made if that have really not worked out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I just would love to hear from both of you as we, you know, I mean, we could talk for like 10 hours, but this is the case (laughs) about every person we've ever, you know, interviewed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd love to just like each of us. So for me, loving my life is about believing in the best possible experience of life and accepting all Mm -hmm. parts of my life. That is what's led me to loving my life. So hearing from each of you is like a final close on what does loving your life mean for you? Mm. You want me to go first, Kate, or you want to go? (laughs) Uh, Well, I'll go first because then we can end with you. Um, Loving my life is following my truth and remembering, always remembering in the middle of rupture and like challenge that absolutely everything is happening for me and not to me, that Mm -hmm. I'm not a victim of circumstance. And when I hold that perspective, that's when I get to go through experiences like COVID that was so scary and challenging for my business. And then now I have a whole new business, like all these new things were born because I felt the pain and the fear that came up with the time of quarantine. And I also simultaneously held the perspective of, I know this is happening for me. I know this is happening for the planet. I know that there is something way, way, way greater going on. Mm -hmm. And there's so much possibility and that this thing is not going to be the thing that makes me collapse. This thing is going to be the thing that has me expand and has me care for myself more and honor myself more and love myself more. So um, radical honesty and like being really honest with what doesn't feel good and what does and, um, and radical ownership for, for everything that I'm experiencing and being willing to take like, everything we talked about today, being willing to take the risk or that being willing to, to move into the things that feel like resistance, like me doing a masterclass felt like such huge resistance to doing something online. And then of course, every time I feel that huge resistance, but I go there anyways, and I move through that discomfort that comes with all change and growth. It's always like unbelievably magical on the other side. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it's like, it's so many things, but the willingness to be uncomfortable and the willingness to be honest with myself and to have the courage to follow my heart. Mm -hmm. Mm, I love that. Um, And for me, it's actually, all of what you both just said. And I'll just share like a short story about something that one of my first um, yoga teacher trainers told us like in, in our, our session was like, it's a little bit, 
crude, I guess, if you really think about it. He's like, just think about the way our bodies are built. We're basically built around like a digestive hole. It goes in one end and it comes out the other. And that to me is like a great analogy for life. Like we come in one end, we go out the other. And it's what happens in between mm. as we let life move through us. So the same way you can have a meal that you absolutely love, if you try to cling to it, constipation is not a fun thing. And if you have something that maybe didn't sit well with you and it goes through too fast, the alternative also isn't a fun thing. So it's this idea of letting life move through us without resistance, without holding on, without trying to rush through the parts that feel uncomfortable and recognize that all of it is for our expansion and all of it is for our growth. And the thing that makes me love it is that I get to choose, like I get to be in charge and I get to create it. And so it's about the perspective that I choose to take. So as Kate was saying, whether or not you think yourself a victim or the victor in any circumstance, you get to decide what the outcome is and the way you move forward in the moment to moment decisions that come as they present themselves is in that mindset of like, am I the victim or am I the victor? Do I, I get to choose how this plays out? Am I going to let this circumstance crush me or am I gonna let this actually be the strengthening, um, the thing that's gonna bring me more strength and resilience for the next thing? So the way for me, I guess, to love your life is to understand that you're not a victim to it. It's not mm -hmm. happening to you, mm. it's happening for you. You get to choose and create it and, the more you can move through it with ease and grace, the good times and the bad times, the more you understand that it's a whole rounded experience of being a spiritual being in a body. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Leah. Thank Beautiful. you so much oh, for this God. epic conversation. Yeah, oh, I so love good. It so, so much. How so can good. our listeners find you? And I think you have a free gift for them. Yeah, um, I'm most active on Instagram. So you can find me at leah.brathwaite. Um, but you can find all of my resources, my book, my program um, at leahbrathwaite.com. And I also have a website that is linked to it um, for my program that I run called the Live Free Lifestyle, which is a nine week transformational process that will help you to find your true self, align with it, and then create a life of purpose, meaning, passion, and joy. And there's a free guidebook that you can download on that website. It's www.thelivefreelifestyle.ca. Um, and you can download um, a, a self-reflection guide that will help you to create a quote-unquote new normal that you love um, by getting in touch with what you really need to love your life. Perfect. How epic. <laughs> Thank you so much. And if Thank you're listening you. to this episode when it airs, know that on Thursday we'll be live with Leah in the New Truth Movement Facebook group to bring your Yay. questions and how much you love this episode and love her <laughs> and hang out with us. So thank you all so much. And if you know a friend who needs to hear this episode, please share it with her so we can all elevate together and know that you are not alone in breaking free from the status quo and living a life that follows zero rules um except your own yes. so thank you leah for being with us today thank you thank, thank you, you. Thank you. So, so epic <laughs>